Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. You know, we couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herc Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Booster Digital Displays. Revolutionize your game day experience with Booster Digital Displays. We also want to thank Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life and Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Phil Thompson. Phil is a certified master athletic administrator and he's the director of athletics at Baltimore Polytechnic Institute in Baltimore, Maryland. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jake, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, um, we've been uh, looking forward to this one. It's always great to, uh, you know, come back to Maryland. We've had a couple of your colleagues on and, you know, we want to hear what's going on. Uh, for our listeners, we're recording this episode on April 6th. So things will change a little bit by the time you hear it. But uh, Phil, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and how you ended up um, at uh, Polytech. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, I'm Phil Thompson. I'm born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. I began my journey. Uh, I'm the oldest of nine kids. However, I'm the only child between my parents. Uh, so while I have younger siblings, I intend to be pretty much a loner in a sense when it comes to connecting because I only have my two parents to identify with together. Other than that, it's like my siblings, they're around here and there. Um, so growing up, I found more of my identity or connection through sports, um, being the neighborhood rec program. And ironically, because my parents were never together, I had one situation where my grandmother on my father's side, that's one location, rec center. And then my mother's side, the nearest rec center that I could find was the other location. Um, so I would in some instances, play sports, football, baseball is what I started out with. Um, and I started out with that, I want to say fourth or fifth grade, because the school was offering it and I wanted to do something. Uh, so I started with football and baseball. Middle school, I expanded to lacrosse. Um, lacrosse was the thing that I really enjoyed. Um, so from middle school through high school, I played football. I wrestled because that was something to do to keep me busy, keep me out of the house. Uh, keep me off the streets as well. Uh, but then obviously lacrosse is a spring sport here. And so when that came around, that was like my sport. I uh, didn't have many role models per se that played the sport, that played at the college level and things of that sort. But from watching TV, having some of the top programs throughout the state and throughout the country right here, um, that was pretty much my, my connection and my motivation. Uh, so I graduated from high school, uh, Douglas High School in Baltimore, Maryland. 
um, received a partial scholarship to Limestone College in South Carolina. Okay. It's one of the top Division II programs in lacrosse. And at the time, they were just getting started and they were competing for a championship my senior year of high school. So that was obviously one of those things. You want to be a part of that success. Uh, so I went there and pretty much my first year, I struggled academically because as a, my background with the schools and things of that sort, like I struggled. Um, so I ended up taking a step back, attending a junior college here in Maryland. Um, and after two years or so, after my red shirt year at Limestone, two years at the junior college, I decided that I wanted to go back to Limestone and finish what I started. Um, so I pretty much went back to Limestone, finished my last two years, played lacrosse. Unfortunately, didn't win the championship. So that UCLA game kind of hurts because we, our situations, our two championships that we were a part of, national championships, they ended in overtime and double overtime. So that hurt just to bring back memories of sense when you see that game the other night. Um, I graduated. And upon graduation, I joined the Air National Guard. Um, so while in the Air National Guard, obviously I had to do basic training, tech school, but I knew I was coming back home. Um, so with the Air Force, I worked on uh, jet engines, aerospace engineering. My degree, however, is in business management and also in physical education because I was a dual degree. Um, once I got back from the Air Force and I finished all my training and things of that sort, I um, obviously I had my one week in a month with the Air Force. And in addition to that, I was looking for an opportunity. And the opportunity came about working in higher education at the college level, uh, dealing with student activities. Um, so I worked in student activities here in Baltimore at uh, University of Baltimore. And while working at the University of Baltimore, my high school coach, he had moved to another high school and was coaching lacrosse. And I already told him like, when I have free time, I wanna come out and volunteer to help out and support wherever I can, because I know how important that it was for me and I'm looking to help somebody else. So uh, I, uh, in addition to working at the university, I volunteered with during lacrosse season pretty much throughout that year. There's a, there's a, there's a big story to this that I really appreciate. And it's like, it still weighs on my heart to this day. Uh, because from that first group of guys, I have a young man who pretty much is a success in my eyes. A lot of them are, but he's one that stands out. Um, so I started off with the University of Baltimore and volunteering. I did that for about four years in addition to the Air Guard. Um, from there, the, my experiences at the university, I met a lot of people. I did college tours and things that I sort, and I was introduced to several Baltimore Ravens. Um, and I was basically invited to take them on a tour and I was able to pick their brains because they were looking to come back to school to finish their degrees or pursue a graduate degree. Um, so while they were doing that, I used to, I just like asked them like, what are some of the things like their trainers and things of that sort, because I'm in the area, I wanna be connected with them. Uh, so they pretty much connected me with some of the folks that they work with. And they said, like, all you have to do is call them, email them, they'll invite you to work out. So from there, that sparked an interest in academic advising, because I see these athletes, they basically are professionals, and they're looking to pursue their education, finishing their degrees and things of that sort. Um, so I took that as an opportunity to train with them off season, and also 
I started looking at opportunities to get more involved at the high school level with academic advising. Um, after my four years at the university, an opportunity came about. The program that helped me get to college was they had an opportunity to do academic advising at the high school level in Baltimore City. And I was placed at my alma mater at Douglas my first year. And I started off there. And after that first year, because things went so smoothly, they offered me an even better opportunity in their eyes to go to one of the more athletic schools in a sense that needed more support with an academic advisor because there wasn't a lot of students at my high school going to college as far as playing sports. But at this other school, Dunbar in Baltimore, they were. Um, so I ended up at Dunbar in addition to volunteering at the high school level for lacrosse at Dunbar, I'm the academic advisor. And my first year, because it's a heavy job, just trying to make sure that students are squared away, not just the athletes, but also the students in general that were interested in colleges and universities, making sure that they're squared away. Um, I didn't want to do anything else except for just my role, but also the volunteering for lacrosse. That was my thing. Um, but because of some of the relationships that I was building and establishing at that time, the football coach at Dunbar at the time, he said, I want you to join my staff. He was like, because we have some guys. And he was like, I think you, they can benefit from you just based on your background and some of the things that you're involved in. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I promised him, I was like, next season, I was like, if time permits, I have no problem helping out. But I'll be honest, I haven't played football since high school. Uh, he was like, that doesn't even matter. He was like, trust me. He was like, you'll be able to connect with these kids in some ways. Just come out. Um, so that 2012 season began, I began pretty much, it was weird because I'm volunteer coaching at a completely other high school for lacrosse, which is at the time Poly, uh, but I am working at Dunbar and then obviously volunteer coaching for football at Dunbar. Um, so obviously when they had that game, it was odd because I got my lacrosse guy to play football and they see me on the other sideline. Um, so I started off in that role um, and then the opportunity came about at Poly, ironically, uh, where the, she's the, she was a former AD at the time, but she was moving from her health and PE role to the district athletic director. And with her moving to that role, the principal, the AD at the time, they all contacted me and asked me would I be interested in joining the Poly family. Um, and I told them like, without a doubt, like if that's an opportunity, I'm interested because that's something that I wouldn't mind doing and I would love to be there full time because then I'll have a hand on that team year round in a sense. Um, so I ended up moving to Poly full time in 2015. Um, and I was the volunteer coach, but then I became the head coach for the boys lacrosse program and then teaching health and PE at Poly. Um, two years go by, I'm basically just learning on the fly with the health and PE. Uh, as a teacher, but also I am the head lacrosse coach. So that was like my baby, just making sure that that program was up and running. And obviously we got better over time. Uh, and then I want to say 2017, boys basketball come off a state championship, uh, a number of other successes with our girls program and all the programs at the school are very good programs. Um, but the AD, she called me, I want to say it was uh, like after we ended the school year, 2017, she calls me and lets me know that she is resigning as the athletic director. And if I'm interested to submit my name for consideration, 
um, but she did not want to serve in that role any longer. So I submitted my name. Mind you, I had just gotten married in 2016. This is like coming up on my year anniversary and I applied anyway. And I, I obviously addressed it with my wife just to make sure she was comfortable with it. And she knew that this was something that I was interested in. Um, so I, uh, when I applied, we were literally going, getting ready for our one year anniversary, getting ready to take a trip. And I let my administrators know that this was coming up. And if possible, I would like to interview prior to or either after, um, but I didn't want to hold them up either way. So they, they allowed me to interview before we left. Um, by the time I got back, they said that they had offered me the opportunity and that pretty much to come in and get rolling because obviously we have fall sports coming up a month pretty much after that anniversary trip. Um, and from there, that's when the journey began. This is my now fourth year serving in this role. This last year has obviously been kind of tough because it's been a COVID year. We shut down March 13th in uh, 2020. We just began to resume. Uh, we canceled fall and winter sports. We just got the okay prior to our spring break, which was this past week, to begin our spring sports, which began on March 15th of 2021. Coach, what a great, great story. And again, um, you, you touched on a lot of different things. I think number one, making sure your wife was on board with you becoming the athletic director. But uh, also for our listeners, um, the importance of you choosing to volunteer in a couple of different roles, uh, which you did because you love the sport, you love the kids, but also that paid huge dividends down the road as it allowed those individuals to see you in action, to see you relate to kids, and that blossomed into, um, you know, opportunities, career opportunities uh, later on. Right. Uh, before we get into, you know, what's happening at your school right now, um, in our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and especially mentoring. So uh, I'm curious, uh, who were some of your mentors, uh, either growing up or even people that you worked with or worked for? Uh, you know, who's had a, a big impact on your career so Ooh. far? There are several. Um, there are several. I will say my high school coach, Coach Harkham, uh, was a very, very important um, figure in my development and growing up. Uh, while he was a very strict coach, um, and obviously I listened to his every word and everything he pretty much poured into me, um, he also pretty much promoted that we think for ourselves, um, no matter what the situation may be. Um, and I've taken that and pretty much have run with it. Um, in this role, uh, as I said, I've grown over these last four years, just learning in some ways on the fly, but obviously being involved with NIAAA and in addition to um, the Maryland State Athletic Director Association. Um, Coach Harkham, Coach Robinson, uh, Ms. Sai, my former AD, uh, that I graduated high school. She was my last AD. And ironically, things come full circle because as I took on this role, she's still working in the system. And so she sees me around. And I always joke when folks see her and see me. And I'm just like, you wouldn't believe she was my former teacher. Um, and I was like, what? I was like, yeah. I was like, she was my, she was my teacher. She had just started when I was in high school. Um, and now she's pretty much, she's got about, I want to say 10 more years before she retires, but she's got a number of years in the system. So those are some, 
obviously it's impossible for me to identify every single one at this time. And it's, I've mentioned a few, but obviously I don't wanna exclude anyone, but there's a lot of folks that played an integral role in my growth and development over the years at the high school level and also at the college level, most whom I still keep up with today. And again, it's always a great reminder that uh, none of us got here on our own. You know, there were people that were helping us, encouraging, sometimes, you know, kicking us in the butt when we needed it too. Um, Phil, you've been at uh, Poly now for a few years. You've been at some outstanding programs. One of the things we try to do with this podcast is share what we call best practices. So in looking at your program, what are some things that you know, you're particularly proud of and that you can say with a little bit of pride and humility, boy, we do this better than anybody. Uh, what are some best practices from Poly that you can share with us? Some best practices at Poly? Obviously this school year has been kind of tough because we've been virtual for the majority of the school year. Uh, but normally in a normal year, and obviously this will be our new normal when we do get back to things, it won't be exactly how it was, Hopefully it'll be better, but obviously right now we have to be careful with everything that's going on and still with that potential risk. Um, one of the things that we did very well was our sense of community. Um, and that was one of the things that we always tried to focus on and emphasize even a little more, not just from an athletic perspective, but a school community overall perspective. Um, in the fall, we usually have our traditional, this, was, this is a longstanding rivalry. Um, with Poly football program. And uh, so we usually had like a homecoming week and a big pep rally where all the alumni would come back to celebrate. Um, so that was one. And, and then obviously in the uh, winter, the basketball programs actually came up with this idea where they had like a midday madness where they would have like a, a pep rally of sorts to introduce those programs for winter sports. Um, and then in the spring, it kind of gets, lumped in with our spirit fair in the spring, where it's like, it's another pep rally, but it's more so for the clubs and organizations, but we also include our sports programs in it, um, where we pretty much acknowledge our student athletes, some of the accomplishments that they have for that school year. Um, and then obviously, even though most know who the students are, they get to know a little more about them um, and some of the things that they've accomplished. Because I know prior to me serving in this role, and even still, I think I'm working on this with sharing more of my wins and accomplishments that happen because I've been so used to just enjoying it when I when I earn it or when I'm acknowledged, but I don't feel the need to sit there and in a sense gloat about it. But that's pretty much the only way that most folks will learn about what's going on or some of the things that you're accomplishing and uh, being successful at within your program. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, appreciate you, you sharing that. Um, let's go and talk about COVID. Um, as a reminder to our listeners, we're recording this on April 6th, so <laughs> things may uh, uh, change by the time you hear this, but we're well past, um, let's say almost a month past the one-year anniversary of COVID shutting everything down, and now we're nearing the completion of the 2021 uh, season. So, What's going on right now in Maryland and specifically with your school as far as return to school and also return to sports? You know, share what's going on. Uh, so from observation, I can speak to what's going on around the state. Um, there are, and it varies from school district to school district because we all have different situations based on a number of parameters. But um, 
throughout the district, every, I mean, throughout the state, every school district has began a return to school in some way of hybrid, um, where they pretty much do virtual a few days a week and in-person a few days a week. Um, and that looks different depending on the school district. I know some schools are also discussing potentially increasing the in-person to at least four days a week. Um, athletically, prior to, I wanna say mid-February, there was only one or two school districts that were up and running. Um, as far as I wanna say it was fall and winter, they were trying to do like fall and winter and then spring is supposed to start around mid-April. Um, but for Baltimore City or Baltimore Polytechnic specifically, as it relates to where we are with COVID, we recently got the go ahead, the first week of March, we got the go ahead to begin our uh, in-person for athletics and in-person learning, what hybrid. Um, and that began on uh, March 17th. And uh, so we, we just began like tryouts and everything for about two weeks. And then we had spring break last week and no programs practiced last week for the first time in as long as I've been here, just simply because there's a lot of uncertainty with regards to even scheduling because of the participation numbers and things that I saw. Um, but we have our, um, as far as pretty much covering all our bases, it's very restrictive at the moment. Students are required to check in every single day and they answer a list of screening questions. And as they answer those screening questions, myself and some of the coaches, we're pretty much able to log them in what's referred to Infinite Campus, which is our attendance monitoring system for our school district. So we have to log them every single day. Um, but as they check in, they only have, we only have one restroom, one male, one female restroom um, that they can go to. And pretty much they go to their designated field for practice. After practice, whatever they brought with them, they take home. Um, there's no locker rooms, there's no storage or anything for the teams at this time. So it's really, uh, I joke about it, but it's literally how things are at this point. We are operating similar to a rec program uh, where you have kids that pretty much they come from home with whatever they need and they leave with it and pretty much they return the next day or next contest with their belongings. Uh, we have not gotten to contest yet, so we're not sure what that will look like or what to expect as far as the buses. But I do know that at last conversation, uh, there was only going to be allowed uh, roughly, I think, 20 students per bus. Um, so for some teams, that may not be a challenge. But obviously, when we get to a fall <laughs> with football in itself, that would require even more than the two buses we normally have for the team. You know, how um, obviously those are some challenging uh, uh, situations to deal with. How have your coaches been? Uh, to work with you know, in this past year, you know, having to you know, deal with all of this. Uh, so this has been very, it's been an emotional roller coaster of sorts. Uh, just to give you one thing. So March 13th, when we shut down, we actually shut down March 12th. Uh, and March 12th was supposed to be a big day. We were scheduled to have our girls play in the final four for the basketball uh, for pretty much an opportunity to compete for a ch state championship in addition to our boys program um, on March 12th. And as we were headed, because the boys were supposed to play first beginning at 3 p.m. and the girls were going to play that night, we had already be loaded the bus for the boys and I was heading to College Park as that's where the game was supposed to be played when I got the call. 
that we were basically instructed to turn around and let them know that things were postponed until further notice. Um, and so from there, that was like chaos in itself because nobody really knew anything more than what I just received and because that's what I shared. Um, and it was just like, well, when are we gonna reschedule? What's going on? And literally it was like, every time the governor would come on TV an update would come about and it would reference something as it relates to school being pretty much extended shut down, which obviously meant athletics will remain shut down. And obviously it really hit us all when they finally announced that school would be remain closed for the year, which meant there would be no more athletics for the teams that were competing for state championships, but obviously no spring sports season. So that was the first part of it where it was just like a huge blow. And then just trying to just be supportive and just be accessible for coaches as needed, uh, but also checking in with the students, making sure that they're okay, if they need a support or anything that they reach out and just let us know because obviously with us really being tied to computers or just phones, we really don't have a clue what's going on because we don't see those students face to face at the moment. Um, so that's been kind of tough. Over the summer, we regularly just had check-ins and communicated just anything that would come up from the district level. I would share with my coaches, uh, be it just the informal, I would share. If it was formal, I would forward it to them via email in addition to having an opportunity for them to check in with me. We use Google Meets initially. We just started using Zoom when this school year started. Um, and then when this school year started, we still were pretty much delayed until further notice. They had a couple of dates that they threw out, but until pretty much we got the green light, which wasn't until March, we were shut down. So we had our monthly check-ins. That worked well for like the first two or three months, but after a while, some of the coaches began to check out and they were just like, we, we've heard all of this at this point. So when we get the green light to go, whether it be starting the season or practice, that's what we really wanna hear. Um, because it was like, I was the bad guy. We can't do this, not allowed to do this almost the whole year. Um, so when we got the green light in the first week of March, it was exciting for the spring coaches, all right, because they were like, well, we get to have a season. But then you got to look at the other side. You got fall and winter who are literally in the same situation and circumstances that we were in last spring. Um, and while I celebrated the fact that we would potentially have a spring season, it was tough, especially when you got students that are venting and you just want to be supportive. You're not judging them and just listening um, and letting them know, like, we still plan to acknowledge you all. However, unfortunately, there will not be a follow into season this school year. That's not something that I can necessarily control. Um, and even with the spring that we currently have at the moment, we have, it's district only uh, for this spring season. So um, we will be limited, obviously with our participation, we usually have the most participation throughout every single team. And at this point, it's like, we have low numbers in a sense, but we still have pretty much the minimum squad size for just about every team. Uh, but if we're struggling, pretty much I know just in hindsight that more, majority of the other programs are going to be struggling with numbers as well, even some that very already struggle to get their minimum squad size just to get going. Um, so right now it's like we're ready for the most part, but it's still that uncertainty who our opponents will be because some teams may end up dropping due to low participation for a variety of reasons. Some folks figured it may be physicals. So the district stepped in and they have opportunities for students to get physicals for a discounted rate. Um, some students are just hesitant 
um, with coming back to school for academic purposes in general. And then some parents just don't want them coming back for school or athletics because obviously they have concerns and they also, in some cases, they may be living with someone that may be considered high risk. Um, so those are some of the things that we've been working through, but I've been in constant communication with my coaches. Um, but I'll be honest, at times, I even have to take a step back because it is overwhelming um, just with trying to work, thing, trying to be supportive um, of what they feel, some of the things that may come to mind. And it's crazy how sometimes they may even come up with different ideas, already thinking about what next school year will look like. But I'll be honest, I let them know we're not at that point just yet. Right. But I appreciate the idea and the feedback. Just remind me when we get to that point. But right now, I'm just trying to get through where we are here and now. And that is a heavy lift in itself. I'm just trying to make sure that things are covered and everybody is clear on what's expected. Oh, no, absolutely. And boy, uh, what a unique situation. I don't know if I've heard of one like this uh, in another state. So all the best moving forward. Uh, Phil, another question that I've been asking our athletic director since we started doing this uh, revolves around the idea of social awareness, uh, social justice, if you will. And, and my question is this, you know, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? What are some things that we can do better? Uh, you know, with our kids, our teams, our programs? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, when I think of social justice and some of those situations in general, I think back to my experiences growing up. Um, uh, to be, even, even now, I would say most folks would still consider high risk or at risk. That was the term that was used growing up. I'm considered being at risk, uh, at risk youth. Um, I would say be open to listen to where the students are coming from, some of the situations and challenges that they're dealing with, um, and try to be supportive. Obviously, that will vary from situation to situation. Um, but I think that goes a long way. I know for me, just to give you an example, with this spring, uh, usually we have hard and fast deadlines with registration when things are due. Um, and everything. But with this spring, it's like, I literally have it just flexible. There's no deadline. Like I, I want kids to participate. I want you to get everything done. If you need help, let me know. I'm willing to support. Um, but we, at this point, we're trying to like be flexible and supportive and listen to the students um, and meet them where they are, because it's a lot of things that they are dealing with and going through that they may not necessarily relate to us as athletic administrators or even their coaches. Um, I know with my situation, I'm very involved with my school community. Uh, as I said, in addition to serving as the AD, they tend to pull me in on almost everything um, throughout the school, like be it a student that has issues with behavior. Um, they, they may not necessarily even be a student athlete, but it'll be a student that I may know because I taught them in their freshman year. They want me to talk to them. Um, so I end up getting pulled in every which way. So it's like the first thing, oh, this kid is acting out or this kid is doing that. I'll pull the kid aside. What's going on? Like, why are you doing this? Why is, why are you having an issue with that teacher? Oh, this happened, blah, 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 blah. So they'll, they'll usually share a little more with me. Well, if that's the issue with that teacher, then I need you to do this. Um, or if there's a situation going on at home that they may not be comfortable sharing, they may share with me or they may share it with the guidance counselor. And usually 
with one of the guidance counselors, he's also an academic advisor. So they usually pretty much will loop me in with what's going on just so we can try to support the students. But uh, I tend to not try to push on students what I think is best. I tend to just listen to them and I may give recommendations, but it's up to them whether they'll take it or not. Um, and I think over time, they really understand that and they get it, especially my juniors and seniors, because then now at this point, they've heard from me, ninth, 10th grade, now junior, senior year, as they get closer to that graduation date, it's like, oh, this is what he was talking about. And then, so yeah, so I think I've been more open and at this point, uh, just from my experiences, um, you, can, you can tell students what to do all day, but at the end of the day, it's on them, whether they want to follow through or not. Um, so I'm, I'm a big listener and just trying to be supportive where I can within reason, um, because you have some students that will tell stories um, just because they know that you'll be accommodating in some aspects. So I, I'm very mindful of that as well. Um, but I also get the parents involved if there's an issue that obviously involves parents as well. But I tend to, I connect with my students, but obviously there are there is a lot of parent involvement as well. Gosh, I really appreciate you sharing that. And again, emphasizing the importance of just listening okay, and, and being there when, uh, when they do reach out to you. Great stuff. Well, Phil, this has been um, pretty cool uh, getting to talk with you on Zoom. Uh, I know we've traded some um, emails and posts on the NIAAA uh, portal uh, for a while, but uh, we're not done yet. Uh, okay. We always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. So my task for you right now is I'm challenging you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. What three things are going to go in Phil Thompson's athletic director toolbox? Ah, uh, that is tough. And I've watched the other podcasts just, and I don't want to copy, <laughs> but it's kind of tough because it's a lot of them as well. No. Uh, but they share some good ideas. Uh, for me, I will say make sure to get involved with NIAAA. Uh, I know for me, I was all in once I had the opportunity. So I pretty much went ahead and did the life membership in my first year because I obviously it's a big investment up front, but I see me doing this long term. Um, so get involved with NIAAA invest in taking the courses. Um, I also, I didn't share this, Jake, but I'm also part of the NIAAA executive leadership cohort, uh, cohort one this year. So that is a awesome opportunity. When you have the opportunity, I would recommend uh, to get involved with that. Um, so that would be two. Uh, if you have questions, I would strongly recommend just ask. I'm sure myself and other ADs are willing and available to support as needed. Uh, I know in my first year, especially, I, <laughs> I would call, text, email almost any AD I could think of, uh, just picking their brains with how they're operating, how they're doing things. What are some recommendations? Here's some things that I'm thinking about. What do you think about this? I would recommend doing that. Um, but the, the more you ask, the more you'll learn over time. And as you mentioned, Jake, the NIAAA portal has been a valuable resource for myself um, just to expand beyond just Baltimore or the state of Maryland, because obviously I've made a lot of strong connections here in the state and in the district. 
Uh, but obviously I want to expand beyond that and just network. So I usually attend the conferences and things, but this year has been tough just to do it all virtual. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting back to those as well. Well, appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing your wisdom. And again, we've done a lot of these uh, podcasts and, you know, some of those <laughs> tips have been shared, but I guess that means they're good ideas, you know, right. if people keep uh, sharing them. Phil Thompson, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit more, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Uh, so my email is coachphilthompson at gmail.com. Uh, I have social media. I'll be honest, I'm still working on using it a little more. Um, but obviously with a newborn, well, she's a toddler now. Um, but my daughter's one year old. Now it's kind of like chaotic trying to focus on her and spend my time with her. But uh, my Twitter, I have is I am Coach Phil. So at I am Coach Phil on Twitter. I do monitor it, but I have not been as active as I would like to be. But I'm sure I'll improve over time with that. Well, uh, again, we appreciate you uh, spending time with us today on the podcast and uh, wish you all the best as uh, your unique spring season uh, continues to unfold. All right, Jake, again, I thank you for the opportunity and I look forward to networking with you in the future. Oh, absolutely. We'll check out, uh, check each other out, uh, Denver. For listeners, uh, remember that the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. And we appreciate you listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.